0: This is Can We Talk It Over, the only dating relationship podcast that begins in bed. Make the time to subscribe now. Let's pull back those sheets.
1: Can we talk about the relationships?
0: Can we talk it over? See how we can build? Only you and I know that's the way it goes. In this
2: big old bed the talk it over, show talk it over. Talk it over.
0: We can talk it over. Can we, talk
1: it over. can we talk it over in bed? Talk it over. Can we talk it over? Can we talk it over? Can we talk it over? Oh, in bed. Yeah, it's your man Ki from Bed Style, and we have another amazing podcast. Um, talk. This is Talk It Over. Talk It Over is the only dating relationship podcast that begins in bed. And uh, I want to thank um, some of my uh, special guests for coming on board. Um, we have actually a newcomer for the first time, Zinni. Is that correct? Is that what yeah, you say? Dennis. Zinni. Thank you. Welcome aboard. Yeah, thanks yeah. for coming on. Um, yeah. I, hope, I hope you find the show of value and, and come and join us again. Um, and also wanna welcome back uh Robin. Robin, thank you, for hey. coming back. Robin's thank yes. you. Yes, so so we're now in this new paradigm of, of social distancing. So we decided that we wanted to keep talking over on air and we would get out of our big old bed and into our own beds. Um With couches. Yes. <laughs> all right. Right. yes the futons that's right so we wanted to boutons keep of the world mind. unite yes so you, you you're you listening to uh that's my man leon right there leon in the building how you doing leon i'm doing well so welcome back um thank mm-hmm. you for the last two weeks podcast man you really brought it you were kind of quiet on the last one but yeah, first, you really brought it yeah it's all good and and one more you know what I mean yeah time, you know what I'm saying uh, Miss Bree bringing the tea Bree you still in the building yes of course ow <laughs> you got the tea with you <laughs> of course that's what I'm talking about and of course last but most certainly not least Big O
2: yo 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 <laughs> no to no Oh.
3: Exactly. I don't even have to say my tagline anymore. Yeah, you
1: don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, are y'all ready to hear this feel-good story of the day?
4: Yes. Yes, please. You know.
1: We need it, right? We need some cheering up and uplifting in the in the day and era of of corona. Uh, <laughs> we're not talking about fear, although I wish we were. Uh, so, I'm going to jump in <laughs> with the feel-good yeah, with the, the feel-good story of the Corona. Day. Say that again. I said, surprisingly, the supermarkets are fully stocked with Corona. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's a time to go down and get some and buy some stock. <coughs> yeah. All right, so we're going to jump in with the feel-good story of the day. Hang tight. Uh, let's see. Okay, so we have this company. Uh, we have businesses are giving away all their excess toilet paper to people in need during the coronavirus shutdown
3: is this, is this also in north carolina where is this happening at
1: uh, this actually I thought north carolina is giving it up this, north carolina is doing it um, this this story it should, actually it should make up for a lot of other stuff so you know <laughs> this story y'all too much the story actually comes out of atlanta this time
5: all right proximity atlanta.
1: close enough right yes okay so as the story goes, as supermarket shelves around the world are cleared of hand sanitizer and toilet paper amidst the um, coronavirus outbreaks, businesses are taking it upon themselves, uh, upon themselves to share the wealth with the community members in need. An Atlanta-based marketing firm, Trevelino and Keller, is just one of the many companies that gave that have temporarily closed down during the quarantine, with the storage closets filled with enough toilet paper for a thousand employees, the company decided to give them away totally free. Hmm. That's okay. pretty cool, right?
3: Yeah. How do they collect? They just come down to the
1: You know, let me let let, let me continue to read. Let's see what it says. Right. The company has since launched the toilet paper exchange, an employee run initiative to distribute the toilet paper to the community through the toilet paper. Tosses. 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 Yeah. Okay. So, company employees have already given away heaps of toilet paper by hosting drive through giveaways during which they maintain social distancing by hurling rolls of toilet paper. (laughs) They're
3: throwing (laughs) toilet paper.
1: Oh, that story sounded good. No, I know it ain't sounded so good, right? Okay. Sad. Yeah, good good hands. <laughs> yeah, you better have a good <laughs> hands. Exactly. Okay? So another company in Wisconsin, the Milwaukee-based uh, Mequon Pizza Company, has taken a similar approach by giving away free rolls of toilet paper. Oh, I thought they were flicking. Ah, pizzas.
4: <laughs> <eat laughs> pizza. Take, <laughs> Take, pizza.
1: pizza. Take that. Take <laughs> that. Y'all are terrible. Y'all
2: are made feel-good
1: stories. Oh, my God. They're like Nino Brown giving out turkeys on Thanksgiving, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Terrible, terrible, terrible. So, yeah, I thought that was a really good feel-good story. You know, I wanted to do some stuff that kind of uplifted, was light, and had you know, jokes and funniness attached to it, and of course, we that, cool. jump right on.
3: For for any for anybody out there who who has ideas on how to maintain that social distance while being of service, I just saw a video clip. A good idea would be to be in a car. You know, have your mask, have your gloves, have the windows rolled down partially, just enough for you to be able to pass out the toilet paper or the food or whatever it is you feel you might be of service given to your community. Yes. Quarantine, anyway.
4: Yeah, or you can just right. drop. I mean, I brought groceries to some elderly people, and I just left them at their door, rang their doorbell, and then I was out.
1: Yeah, that's what yeah. uh, All right, so y'all,
4: any, any. I'm just gonna start works.
3: hurling cans of food.
1: Uh, yeah, that's
3: a good idea. <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, so we're ready. All right, so
3: let's. We ready for the topic? The topic of day. All right, so. The today's, today's topic should get us really going I think everybody has some, uh, some Experiences they can bring to this I got So uh, I, I'm sure you do <laughs> What love lessons What love lessons did you have to Unlearn from your childhood Where did you learn it Was it from the TV Was it from your parents or was it from your peers So who, who wants to go first Because I know everybody has this can, Everybody can relate to this
1: Oh <laughs> yeah Somebody,
3: Nas. You want to kick us
1: off Absolutely. with your story, K? Sure. <laughs> yes, yes. So I have a couple of them, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start with this one. So I would say the love lesson that I had to unlearn was all built around the institution of marriage.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> I grew up believing in this this institution of what marriage was supposed to be, and um, it turned out to be a big farce and a myth mm-hmm. and one that um, which, which one that needed to be what it actually is and that's one that we create for ourselves
3: now now, where did you get that lesson from where, where did you internalize uh, that
1: largely largely television uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. The Hollywood narrative um, parents reinforcing it and definitely the peer group so I was so. born in the 60s uh, so, yeah, I was
3: going to ask, like, what was the image of, of marriage at that time when you were young? Was it like the leave it to beaver
2: type?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Marriage where mm-hmm. you got the honey,
2: I'm home.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Was I ain't that old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah. It came from that. It It's from that. Definitely. Um, and I remember uh, f- for as young as I for as young as I can remember, I always wanted to be married. Like Mm -hmm. that was something that I always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I tried to live and fit myself in a mode that didn't speak to me.
3: Got it. Okay.
1: Yeah. So I I actually married, I didn't marry my children's um, mother, Uh which I had, um, but I was ill-equipped to be uh, a husband or, or a parent. I married later. I was probably about 36, 37 when I first got married. And it was unsuccessful largely because I was still under that um, that grand illusion of what marriage was supposed to be the institution. And without um, doing that work that it takes to get to know myself, to know another human being.
3: Defining it for yourself. And there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that that still goes on still yeah. goes on today where, yeah. you know, the, you, you wake up and I've experienced that. I don't know if I've ever bought into it, but, you know, the, the narrative of, you know, once you become of a certain age, your goal in life should be to find somebody yes. and settle down. And mm-hmm. they don't ever really promote saying, find yourself and decide who you want to be. The narrative right. is very much like find someone and settle down. And that's, you know, because yeah uh but uh brie brie you on here i want to see what, what was because you still is Bree still here in the yes. world? all right so you got any anything to share any
2: lessons poison brie's tea
3: <laughs>
6: honestly like i was thinking about it and like i don't i'm still very young so there's still a lot that like i have to learn there's still yeah. a lot i like yeah. You know, that I haven't really been through. And then like my childhood, my mom and my dad, they yeah. it wasn't the perfect relationship, but they always had each other's back, you know, like, so yeah. in that sense, like I, I learned a lot of yeah. good things while also seeing like the negative and being like, okay, I, I need to learn from this too, you know, right. so I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's something that I need to unlearn but something that like I need I needed to continue to learn from you know like like yeah. my dad was very supportive of my mom my dad loved my mom anything that he could do for my mom he would do it but on the flip side he was also like very flirty you know so he would flirt with a lot of women out in the street and I would notice it and it was like okay I didn't like it I knew it was wrong but it was something that I also had to learn from like okay while you're out on the street I have to just be a little bit more mindful but not be on you to to a point where I'm like I'm harassing you and I there's no trust and you know so there was a lot of things that I don't think that I necessarily have to unlearn but there's always things that you have to continue to learn from. You know, got like, it, there, got it. It, it could be a negative situation, but that doesn't mean like,
4: there's not me, a me, there.
6: Yeah, you know, like, let me yeah. continue to go through this. Or let me, because I feel like unlearning something means that you're letting it go and you're not taking from that situation, you know, and there's always something to take from that situation.
4: <sighs>
3: okay. Um, so, does anybody else? Because I, I got one that I want to share, but I want to make sure, you know, I got some. I, I got, got Yes, yeah. I got one. <laughs> Please I got go ahead, one. Go, go ahead, go ahead, Robin. Just um, jump
4: in. I am in in um, kind of listening to Kai or Nas. <laughs> I don't know if you buy Nas. Um, I, I I agree with him a little bit. Um, I, there was no. I am from the Beaver to Beaver <laughs> type shows. Um, I am. So I was born in '58. Um, I my parents were very young. So, you know, they had me when they were like 19 or something like that. So um, they were always young and sort of hip at that time and hip and cool and everything like that. So we had a pretty good relationship. We didn't have a lot of that old-fashioned stuff. Like the It to Beaver stuff was old-fashioned for my parents. So I think I grew up with a little bit more of an open mind, um, if you will, about a lot of things. The one thing that I did um, kind of have to teach my – well, I think I just – it wasn't unlearned. It was really more or less um, discovered, if you will. Um, as I as I grew up, I don't believe, and I think it, probably I learned it from like TV, like you were saying. Not really so much from my parents. Um, I don't believe that um, love for one person has to last forever. Mm. I don't. I don't. I don't mm. believe in that. Okay. I mean, you can love somebody that's, that's forever. Uh-huh. You can love somebody forever, or have uh-huh. love somebody. F- love for somebody forever, but they don't have to be your forever. So I don't believe in the soulmate thing. I don't Uh believe in that because at my, at my age, there have been, so I was married for 30 years. Um, I had my plan. Like I had my plan. I was focused. I had my plan. I knew I didn't want a career. I knew I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to be young. I wanted to be active and energetic with all of them. I did all of that. Thank goodness. I was blessed to be able to do a lot of those things. I didn't have to work. Um, so uh, I was able to do what it is I thought was important. I was ready to do any of it, but I married my high school sweetheart. We had dated for eight years prior to that. So this man I have known for the majority of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, in saying that, I think that there are people that come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime kind of thing. Um, there have been many people that have been, perfect fit for the different stages of my life so now I'm six years divorced and um my my ex-husband and I are very good friends we see each other all the time Mm -hmm. and we share in each other with the kids and the grandkids and and situations and problems shoot he even sends me pictures of the women he's meeting on match right now like it's (laughs)
1: It's, wow, yeah, it's a little bit, yeah, okay. it's
4: a little bit crazy, and I go, okay, honey, I think we're crossing that like barrier, like, <laughs>
5: that barrier kind of thing. right? Right.
4: But because uh, this is this is weird, but hey, all right. Um, okay.
2: So he started okay. asking you what you think about her. Right. He started right. sending me like
4: you know these pictures, and I'm going, yo, she did not even look like me. Like what the heck? But right. right. No, it's just it's just I, so. Again, I don't believe in that soulmate, uh, and there's one person. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you know what to go along with that I discovered um, and this is probably just my personality selfish is not a bad word it's yes. not
3: Absolutely. it has a connotation it's, not a bad, but yeah, it's got it's a not.
4: connotation and but it's, not, it's not, not bad and you know what I think you need to go into every single aspect of your life especially relationships being selfish because if you're not looking out for number one it's not going to work for number two three four right. eight, anything else Right. I agree so, with that you know, with that. all of that, I mean, I had kids and it was like, you know, yo, you, you were 50% of this too. So like, I know you're at the office working and all that kind of stuff, but I'm at my office working. So tonight I'm going to take the baby and tomorrow you're going to take the baby. And so, and it just, it was just that from the get go. So,
3: okay. Uh, Zin, let's get our new guest in here. Zenny, wanna <laughs> hear from you. So, what, is, what are some of the lo- love lessons that you've had to unlearn from your, um, from your youth or are still, you know, uh, processing legitimate?
0: Okay, so there's there's a lot of good points that was being brought up and it just sparked my own thoughts. Um, well, from growing up, I grew up um, in a domestic violence um, parent okay. relationship. Uh-huh. So I basically saw my mom struggling. I saw my mom trying to please a man who's never pleased. Um I would go out when I was young, witnessing all of this. Um, We would go out and my dad, like if I was just with my dad, obviously he would be like looking at other women, doing a bunch of these things, you know? Um, And my mom, like I said, she was always trying to satisfy somebody who didn't love her or (laughs) the kids the way that they should have been loved. And it took, you know, finally a breaking point. I believe every woman has that. Every man as well. You know, they have a breaking point and it's just like, I can't do this anymore. So then she finally got up the courage. She had four kids and um, she got up and then we had to leave in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. But long story short, I believe these things show you your strength and it just showed her her strength. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, me growing up, um, I seen all of that and I never wanted to be in a relationship because I didn't trust men. That was just okay. mm-hmm. something I had to unlearn. And I still am unlearning every single day. I know not every guy is the same, but um, I definitely look at red flags first and foremost all the time. So with my last relationship, um, I fell in love with him. It was so crazy. Like we were best friends at first. And then I he kind of convinced me to giving him a shot. And then I did. And it was great in the beginning. And then things went downhill after one little, little mishap. Um, All the trust went down. And it's funny because he became toxic to me emotionally. And it's crazy because I didn't think that growing up, those things really seeped into my subconscious Mm -hmm. and into how I view the relationship because I was always very independent. But once I fell in love with him, I didn't know boundaries. I didn't know how to love myself, and I just, I found myself trying to please him in every way, even if it was hurting me. So,
2: mm-hmm. these are
0: big, big things that I was like, wow, like, I didn't realize growing up these things impacted me because I was young, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, those mm-hmm. are big things, boundaries, 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 boundaries. <laughs> okay. I didn't have any of that, so. It was great. Okay.
3: So for you, it was a little bit different where you had your idea on what you didn't want and then found yourself in a, in a relationship and things start to creep in subconsciously yeah. that you didn't even know were there. And that, a lot of that happens to a lot of people. Uh, I would say it happens to almost generally everyone mm-hmm. uh, because your, your, your parental figure, whether it's your mom, or your dad or whatever the situation may be, your parental figure is your first impression of what, how to operate and navigate in a, in a sphere right, from all aspects. And so I think uh, one, of, one of the ones that I uh, am still unlearning and struggling with is me growing up, it, I had a very clear demonstration and picture of what it was to be a, a man, right? And so that was my father. And so everything I grew up internalizing was basically that picture of how I should operate inside of, of a relationship. And it wasn't until I got into the dating and relationship stage that I started to realize like, oh, that, that picture, that model doesn't really work as well as I thought it did. You know, I was having issues and they kept coming back. And it's like, oh, this isn't just a unique me and this person's issue, this is a me issue. This is an issue that I'm bringing into because it's creeping up in every single relationship. And I had to really analyze and realize like, oh yeah, I was like the, 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 the model of what I thought women wanted in a man is not necessarily the model that uh, makes for a, a workable relationship. And even to this day, and it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, I remember when I came home from, uh, from college, probably, probably about like my junior year, I saw my mom and dad and their, and their relationship together was not the relationship I remember seeing when I was growing up. And I was like, who are these people? I was like, Wait, I've never seen my father act this way. I've never seen him, uh, show his emotions this way. And so it was really shocking to me to be like, "Whoa, this is a whole side of this person that I didn't even know existed, and it, it kind of hit me like, "Wait, is this what is this what <laughs> what makes a good relationship because I didn't see that I didn't know that and so for me I had to re I had to unlearn and rediscover like my own rules and and kind of break down chip away that model and and redefine it for myself in a sense
1: hmm. right on so bro oh was was that was that good or was that bad i, I missed some part of that 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 model that you mm-hmm. saw of your dad
3: um i don't i think i don't know i i, I don't know i don't i don't try to put judgment on it
1: no, no, because judgment. your assessment like what you,
3: what i think it was i think it was harmful for me because i was only seeing one aspect of it, and there was a whole other aspect of their relationship that I did—I was not privy to. So I never internalized that as something that was necessary when dating and being in a relationship. And uh, it, it for me, I had—I still have to unlearn how to uh, be emotionally availa- available, right? And that's a huge thing to that I learned because I, I, I had never seen my father get emotional i had never seen uh you know like the 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 i guess it all happened behind closed doors um and, and so for me growing up it was like no nah, i'm keeping my emotions in check you're not going to see that side of me if i'm dealing with something i'm dealing with it on my own like you you don't have to worry about it i'm taking on that stress and we're just here to have fun and be good and what that does to a partner is it makes them feel like they are not included and not needed. And Mm -hmm. I had to, I had to realize that.
1: Can we insert before we, before we move on? So um, this is talking over the only dating relationship podcast that begins in bed. And we're actually trying something new um, as it pertains to um, the social distancing because of the coronavirus. So big, oh, can you reset with the question of the day? Because I see we have Moses in the building. What's good, Moses? Oh,
3: how are you?
1: How are you? All right. You're welcome. Welcome. Discussion. So yeah. So hit, hit the reset button uh, for the question so that Moses can insert and and everybody let's continue on. This is a, this is a really interesting topic. Um, so
3: the the topic is the, we're just the topic we're knocking around in in our respective big old beds is uh mm-hmm. what what love lessons did you have to unlearn from your childhood? Where did you learn it? was it from your tv or from from the tv your parents or your peers or a combination of both
1: so think on that on um, moses and and, and we'll yeah. bounce around i think leon you had something you wanted to insert uh
2: yeah so um like you actually naz um i grew up uh very maybe maybe not the same sort of influence but um but being um you know, the son of a preacher man, you know, in a very Christian household, um, marriage was pretty much the, the the ultimate, you know, as far as how how a man should, you know, seek to uh, reach that sort of status in life. You know, one of the scriptures, you know, it says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things, I cleave to my wife, you know, so it's like, you The idea that once I become a man, my, I have to now embrace uh, my partner, um, in my case, because I, love, I like women, so <laughs> I'm embracing a woman as my wife. And so it actually was a, a huge impetus in my decision to get married at such a young age. Um, I got married at 22. And a lot wow. of people ask me, you know, they're like, oh, was she a high school girlfriend? And I was like, actually, no. We didn't even go to college together. And then the next question they usually ask is, did she get pregnant? And I'm just like, "Nah, none of that happened. So, <laughs> was it almost like a prearranged situation by nah, you? No, not right? at all. No, but what, okay. what, what I felt strongly was, um, even though it wasn't a marriage that was necessarily welcomed by my family, um, I always felt sort of that pressure. So even when we were living together before we got married. You know, I remember saying to myself, I was like, Well, I have to marry her because you know, you can't be playing. My grandmother would always say, Don't you go, don't you play in house, you know? <laughs> um, and I totally disagree with that. I feel like okay. you should play house as long as you need to. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, but you know, that particular sort of uh, molding as far as how I. Viewed relationships was very uh, superficial because none, it yeah. was it, it wasn't really about whether or not I truly loved my partner. Um, and to add to that, you know, uh, seen as my parents got divorced when I was like around honestly uh, ten or eleven, and so and I also didn't necessarily I didn't grow up with my with my mom. I grew up with my my dad. Um, my grandmother essentially raised me. Um, and my dad and, you know, aunts and uncles, but I didn't really grow up with my mom, even though I have a strong relationship with her now. Um, so I didn't see that dynamic as far as like a healthy, um, uh, mother and father with their children, um, regularly. So when I did see it, it was, you know, like you said, and I was on TV and I wanted to ask you, Oh, um, based off of your experience with how you saw your parents, you know, I, well, not really ask, but bring it up, because like, I find it interesting that, um, I'm sorry, what was your name, the, uh, the new I don't know. it. it, it he <laughs> said something else different. I was like, "Who, Ruthie? But anyway.
1: Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but Nelly, your experience of, of you know, um, the abuse, of, of, of domestic violence kind of like juxtaposed Olin's experience as far as, you know, the parents you know being a what what you appear to be a fairly stable and loving um, relationship and I'm looking at it and seeing you know how like you could have these experiences like whether it's you know yours Ellie or yours Ola or even mine where my parents weren't even together and whatever the lesson is there's always something to learn from it you know so some people may think uh well you grew up with both your parents you should be good you know there was oh, a, a wow. healthy you should be good and it's like nah not really mm-hmm. or or the, the flip side of that is if you don't grow up with your parents then you'll be bad like I remember I was dating this girl she had said to me and I don't think she realized it but we're talking and she's like well I, I don't date men who um, didn't grow up with both parents and I was like who that's close that's closed minded yeah. <laughs> Yo. you should have you should have go ahead and hit her with the yeah. 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 I remember walking, and it caught yeah. me off guard because I had to stop I said hey hey you do know I didn't grow up with my right. mom, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm looking at her like, uh-huh. So what are you talking
3: about? Like, right. You know. Right. So, foot in mouth. Huh? Wow. Yeah. I foot,
2: foot in mouth. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, I guess through, you know, your, through experiences in life, you, you, like, I've done my own soul searching. I'm thankful I took the steps, like, as it pertains to mental health, you know, seeing a therapist, asking, finding out more about my relationships to my parents and, you know, how that, how those relationships have defined over time how I interact with women, you know? And so I, I will say that I, I'm i thankful for the, for the place that I am in now because, you know, let me, years ago I was, I was a mess.
3: Let me ask, I want, and this is a question to everybody, do you recall, like, at what stage you realized, like, how much of your past your upbringing was starting to creep into the way you handle like were you always aware of it like oh I don't want this to be an issue and then it it came in because you you know you didn't keep your eye on the ball or you thought you had a handle on it or were you just operating like everything was fine everything was fine everything was fine and then you just realized one day like whoa this is why I I behave the way I behave
1: well Mm -hmm. can I can I jump in Uh, well I'll say this because I'm going to spin it in a different direction Talk about another uh, a love lesson that uh, I had to unlearn, or as re put it, um, kind of evolve or transition. With here's one: whippings mix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a that was I. Uh, Got it all the time I got with all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was told And I was told That was because mm-hmm. That was love This was mm-hmm. love the rod spoil The child Yeah Yeah exactly Spare the rod spoil The child Yeah I've heard that one I, I can mm-hmm. believe that The intentions of it Were well meaning But the execution Of mm-hmm. it you know, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I say I got a, I got two parts of my body are really big. I got a really big head and I got a big behind. And that's because I got licks all the time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they swelled up real fast and they just stayed there. <laughs> Man had to get tough. But yeah.
1: One of the things that was born out of that is I was like, I am not going to have that kind of relationship with my children. I'm mm-hmm. not passing licks off to my children. I think my son, I had to give I had to. Actually, get the belt to him one time. He was ten years old, and he was literally asking for it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I thought that I wanted to always cultivate and nurturing being able to talk to my children. And mm-hmm. and and I say that was a love lesson, but that wasn't love. You know, mm-hmm. like if mm-hmm. you have
4: to pass. It was life. love the hard way. Yeah, love to learn the love the hard way.
1: way. But, but you know, look, I, I look, I got the licks that I deserved. That was one thing. But I was getting it all the time, and mm-hmm. a lot of it was because of frustrations that my mom would have inside mm-hmm. of things that were going on with her personally. Yeah. So she would take things out on my siblings and I. Yeah. Their soul rest in peace. Right. She passed, and that doesn't vilify her, make her a bad person. But there were times when we got licks that were totally unnecessary and unwarranted, and mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. nothing to do with love. Mm-hmm. But it was always just opposed under the auspices of love. You know what I mean? I mean you know, so that yeah. was something that I wanted to definitely unlearn. And I remember, you know, again, when I had to give my son licks, it was one of the hardest things that I had to do. But I mm-hmm. knew I had to do it. Um, and he understood and we went on and, and continued to have a great relationship. So I would say that that's something that um, definitely that I needed to transition and kind of unlearn for the better.
3: Moses. And then, and- okay.
4: I was just saying, good for you because I, most likely, and I don't know, but you know those those are those are threads, those are chains, and they, and somewhere, somehow, somebody's got to break it, right? And chances are, your mom or your dad or whoever learned some of the same similar lessons in their childhood, and that's why your mother didn't know how to deal with that, you know. And and when you know when people lash out, and even even with our words, it, when you do that whole count to 10, you can pretty much turn that crap right back on yourself because it is coming from the person that's giving it out, not from the person that's asking for it, you know? Mm. Nine nine times out of ten. Okay. Pretty much.
3: That one time out of ten, though, somebody gonna catch it.
4: That one time out of ten, yeah. I, I had to throw some wooden screws across the room myself. <laughs> I was
5: I was gonna say um for me um it's still something that I'm still Kind of unfolding a little bit but i guess my main takeaway was just um just one thing that i kind of wish was done differently was just expressing disappointment like when my parents were disappoint when my parents were disappointed with me it was more so done to insult or condescend as opposed to actually correct as to what it was so as opposed to saying oh this is bad here's why it's like you're dumb you're stupid for doing Mm, mm -hmm. so it's Mm -hmm. like so i i think for me just kind of unlearning that it kind of i don't because my parents are very loving people but i think subconsciously in that moment of correction that Mm -hmm. they, they unfortunately inflicted a couple of things that I had to unlearn and things that kind of affected my self-worth and stuff. The things that I
3: so was was that, Moses, that was that also manifesting in your way of correcting people? Were you finding yourself emulating that, not even knowing, like when you had to correct people or or, or were you very much aware of like how you want to come off?
5: It was very much, it started when I started seeing, when I started see when I started repeating that that behavior, it mm-hmm. started. Someone pulled me aside. It's like, yo, you don't talk to people like that. Ah, okay, I like, was just like, and then it kind of like if there was that moment. It's just like, but wait, but wait, like, what do you it's mean? It's like, of type of thing. Right. And so, but yeah, it's just always just being mindful to always build people, build people up as opposed to tearing tearing it down, even just to prove the point.
2: You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I said something earlier, um, you mentioned chains and, uh, and and threads and stuff, and you know you know whenever it comes to this the particular the specific um, notion of disciplinary action with your children within the black community, I always you know hearken back to um times of slavery and mm-hmm. post traumatic slave syndrome mm-hmm. you know um, a lot of uh, black mothers don't realize that a lot of their behaviors um, that they picked up from their mothers um, and their grandmothers was rooted in making sure I, what they thought they were doing was protecting their black son. But what they really were doing was emasculating him because yep. white slave masters didn't um, use the black yep. men to get all riled up and revolt. Mm-hmm. So want right. to make sure they didn't keep the boys keep so them weak, humble, you know, mm-hmm. You know, emotionally and mentally castrated. Yes. And so mm-hmm. what a lot of people didn't realize is they were instead of, they, instead of them thinking that they're actually doing this to actually help their children, to you discipline know,
3: them,
1: creating yeah. more trauma.
3: Yeah. Right. That's a good point.
1: Doing the same thing. You know? Cause a lot of people don't even know that. Yeah. You, right. You want to say something Zinni? She looked like you were, you were nodding.
0: <laughs> um, no, I just had an idea kind of when everybody was talking, um, The main thing, one of the biggest things I feel like I've learned, too, is, like, if you're broken yourself, you can't fix somebody else. You shouldn't be in a
6: relationship.
0: Hurt hurt people, hurt other people. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I learned with my ex. I wasn't in the best place. Obviously, he wasn't in a good place. We thought being together would help fix each other. And it just caused more harm
6: within
3: each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one of that's a painful lesson that a lot of people have to learn, unfortunately that um you can't like she said you can't enter and we've we've talked on that in in previous episodes KI where it's like there's no there's no half of a relationship they're they're not my other half you're I'm a whole person you're Mm -hmm. a whole person Mm -hmm. and so we try to build something together as a partnership but Mm -hmm. you're not completing me and I'm not completing you so uh,
2: so Tom Cruise live yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Yeah. That, that Hollywood narrative,
3: man. Hollywood that,
1: narrative That's <laughs> yeah. that creeping in. So, and, I mean, um, in this, this is what Talk it over is all about. You know, is that, so question, the What's that? I, said, oh, I know, Bree. She's like I'm back. talking, <laughs> on what are you? What are you talking about. <laughs> so the only question that we really ask, you know, we we can get on, and and I love the the topics and the and the discussions. Um, is can we talk it over in this big old bed, right? Because if we can do that, then we can we can start to frame the narratives of how we want to live our lives inside of our core values. So I just wanted to say thank you to each one of you all personally for sharing this vision and not just sharing it, but taking it and being a part of it, owning it and making it your own and taking it to the next level. So we can we can get on it. You know, a lot of times people ask me, someone asked me about, us. How come we're not on here debating a lot? And I'm like, well, no, natural conver- debates will happen, but that's not the conversation. The conversation is, can we talk it over in this bed and then walk away whole yeah, this and was- not trying to tear other people down? Can we that-
3: debate in this
1: bed? Yeah, can we debate in this bed and <laughs> have conversations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's we're really all about free. You were about to say something. I'm sorry, with your hands on your
6: Oh yeah. <laughs> um what I was gonna say too, just to piggyback. Um one thing that I I had to develop just from my own personal like relationships and stuff experiences was that A lot of times, well, I learned it from my mom And my dad, I assumed that love was just Enough, you know, like, no matter What, like, my mom loved my dad, no matter what My dad loved my mom, and that that was Enough to get them through, and as I became Older and started experiencing my Own relationships, I had to realize That love is not enough, you know, like Love is essential Right, yeah, it's essential, it's, you know Hopefully it's a given when you're in a relationship But it is not enough to Complete the relationship
3: Uh Yeah No, we, I'm keep going. I just said, we, we got that topic coming up soon and you definitely, I think you're going to be the ring leader on that <laughs> right. one. Right. Yeah, no, i have
6: to, Right, I definitely had to learn, you know, so like, again, just discussing things that we had to like unlearn or explore and like develop from, evolve from even, that was something that I had to learn from, was like, okay, I've, I'm in this relationship. I've been in it for X amount of years and I love this man a, a lot. To death, even, but that's not enough to keep me here. It has to be more.
3: That's kind of what Robin was touching on earlier in the in the episode, where like even to take it a step further, she was saying that nothing does. It doesn't necessarily have to be forever. It doesn't take away from the what
4: you had, or, what yeah. you have. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. take
3: away. It doesn't, it doesn't cheapen it. It doesn't devalue it, but it doesn't mean that it is to be forever. Mm-hmm. And I think, the, I think that if honestly, you know, and hearing that, I'm like, wow, I gotta, I gotta kind of get my mind around that as well, because we all operate under the guise of like, this is it. This is the one, mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. forever. And you know, life happens and sometimes mm-hmm. it's not and people, can become devastated because and because it's they funny
4: even, i was 25 when i got married so that was i don't even know what year that was that they, was they don't to need me. to
3: know they don't need to I
4: know mean, it, was, it was a long time ago but it was definitely of the day you know till death do us part and i was yeah. like Mm-mm. i took that right out like i'm like no
1: <laughs>
4: no that that makes no sense to me like i you know i'm i'm gonna promise you what I Well, I don't even like the word promise. I'm going to give you what I can give you. Mm. Yeah. I don't mm. know what's coming to th- tomorrow. Right. And by the way, either do you.
2: <laughs> right. right. Hey, i mean, oh, not tomorrow, tomorrow. Like- I might not. Who knows?
4: <laughs> I, you <laughs> I don't know. Issue <laughs> I say I do,
6: is- I do today.
1: I do today.
6: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I mean, I there's different ways life. to put it. Love comes in different forms, right? And I don't have to... I love you as a partner, you know, romantically or whatever, but that might, you know, not continue on. But that doesn't mean I'm going to stop loving you. To love do his part, that means that no matter what, you're still going to have... It takes a lot to lose my love. Like, you could be my best friend. We might not be husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend, but I'm still going to have that love for you, you know, like, no matter what. So it's like, like, again, my my previous relationship, he did did, his dirt, you know, like, he did a lot of things that broke my heart. But if that man calls me and says, "Listen, I need help. I'm in the hospital. Whatever, I'm there." Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. bottom line, within those five years, I also developed a friendship. So I'm, I love mm-hmm. him to, to the point that something happens, I'm, I'm right there by his side. I know, right. I know his name. I know his birthday. I know his social security. I know everything. <laughs> I'm right there. You know, <laughs> right? You yeah. know, so I say mm-hmm. that like, and that goes for even like friendships. You know, like my my, my best friends. We've had arguments, and it's like, listen. I, I love you to death it takes a lot to lose my love we might not I love you from a distance. I had to learn that from my grandmother. I love you, but I love you from a distance right now right and I'm gonna keep you at that distance you know so I feel like with me like that's another thing that I learned is like with love it doesn't necessarily have to always be romantic you know like it can start off romantic but I love you in other forms too you know yeah yeah
2: yeah I also think that you know because no one's actually brought this up the whole topic, but you know I'm assuming... waiting for you. <laughs> Well, well, um, because a lot of what we're talking about are more, let's sort of, like, say, I guess, traditional ways in which people have relationships. But, you know, what about people who are, you know, polyamorous or Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. into polygamy? It's like, Mm -hmm. how do you then define, you know, how one person feels or how do they then define love for their, quote unquote, you know, multiple partners? And it's it's all about To me, I personally feel like it's all like internal, you know, however, whoever, however that person chooses to, um, you know, express their love, whether it's for one partner or multiple partners um, is up to them. And I think we as a society can be very, as much as people like to say they are free thinkers, like we can be very traditional and rigid in the way that we perceive how things should look socially. Oh yeah! And the minute,
3: the minute something doesn't make sense, absolutely, you you yeah. fall back, you fall back yeah. on your yeah. traditional yeah. definition. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I I think I need to touch on what you're saying, Leon. I think um, in those situations, whether it's poly or whatever, I would from from the limited amount that I know because I've never yeah, been. Yeah, we're not so many experts, so um, it it magnifies. It magnifies the issue. So whatever issues you think you have or you have right. to unlearn, it is double the work and it intensifies those Absolutely. lessons because now it's coming at you. It's coming at you twice the speed. Yeah, right? Right. Um right. And so you and on the flip side, they do say that because that process has to take place, that the connection is much deeper, you know, because exactly. you know, they have to grow so quickly
2: emotionally. And mentally, even spiritually, you know, um, one of my good friends, he's actually um, a polygamist, right? And he, he has multiple wives and he actually preaches about it. You know, I use that term loosely, but, you know, he speaks about that um, and yeah. how like a lot of, especially men who think it's like a, a cool idea, like Sexualism. they have no idea, like mm-hmm. how much work, how much mental and emotional work you have to develop yourself. You know, because it's not about just being able to have sex with multiple women and mm-hmm. they be, and they be okay with it. That's very that's true. a whole different dynamic. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah, you got the Look, if you're going into it for the sexual escapades, you're going to be in trouble. That's like Yeah. You're done. Going
4: You're
1: going to be in trouble.
6: I like think I another threesome, right there. If it ain't a relationship, you're just going in for a threesome. Have your fun. Yeah. See you later. Bye.
2: See, I think, see, I think, see, hold on hold on hold on hold on I, hold that uh Bree, that's exactly what i was just talking about though because yeah. that's very rigid thinking you just said it's not yeah. a relationship but to them it is a relationship. no i'm
6: saying i'm saying like those who have the mindset of like it's just sexual and huh? like oh now i have two women and we're just huh? gonna have sex you're just uh, looking for a threesome that's all oh yeah, you know exactly like, like to me that's a like, go ahead <laughs> Having the uh, see you later bye. but if you're right. not in terms of like, okay, now I have to really sit and think. Like, both of these women are going to PMS at some point. How are you going <laughs> to deal? And women sync <laughs> up in cycles. They I'm about to say they sync. So you really yeah, will yeah. be dealing with yeah. three menstrual yeah. cycles at the exactly.
1: same time. It's an emotional you know, like, relationship. Exactly. It's an emotional exactly. relationship. What, mm-hmm. what were you going to say, Moses?
5: I was going to say uh, the movie that kind of switched my mind in thinking about this is. Um, Professor Marston and the wonder women. And mm-hmm. the, just the, cause it's about the creator who did wonder Woman, who was in a polyamorous relationship. And it mm-hmm. was just, it wasn't not, I wasn't necessarily watching this person like sleep with two women. He actually had a, a legit relationship and a dynamic between the three people. So I'm thinking in my head, like, like, again, like I said, it's a whole different dynamic. So like, just like you said, um, if you're in it for the if you're in it for the quick thrill of just getting the sex, the sexual escapades, you're in a world of trouble because there's a whole, a whole web that we there's a whole web of emotions that that has to be dealt with.
1: Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah. an emotional relationship. I mean, if you're oh, yeah. looking at polyamory or, or polygamy, uh, you know, it, 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 it just again we're not subject matter experts, but we're experienced. It's about yeah. you know, understanding. That if you're going to enter into that perfect union, it better be one based on more um, of managing emotions than it is, um, you know, whatever sexual liaisons. Right. But, um, so That's a little, yeah,
3: takeaway for for the, for those that you know we got we got a little two topics in here on this one. Yeah. <laughs> the Polyamory group, you know, so yeah. we got a lot of lot of lessons learned in this one. But yeah, let's go ahead and
1: yeah, wrap it up, and we're and we're going to hit on some of the topics that we've discussed previous podcasts. We're going to hit on some of those again. So mm-hmm. all of these podcasts are to be continued. Yeah. So at any time, if you all feel like there's another topic that we need to hit on or go more deeply into, please feel, feel free to do so. Mm-hmm. But uh, so well, we're going to wrap this up. I want to thank our special guest, Moses, for showing up. Moses, you going to come back and join us? <laughs> no, why not? All right. Mm-hmm. Finney, thank you for showing up. Will we get an opportunity to hear from you again? Of course. Love that's your Zinnia presence, love you. your presence and energy. What'd you say, Leon? I was asking her if that's Zinia with an X since I can't see how she's playing. no, it's Zenny with a Z. Zinnia, okay, 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 and uh, of course, Robin. Robin is actually now a seasoned veteran, now. right? Three down. <laughs> three down, three down. Oh, I know. he doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the you, council.
4: You couldn't cut me off fast enough, that's what and, it was. And, and, <laughs> uh, you
1: know and, what? T-
3: Yes. We don't just say this. Like you comment, please, and you might find yourself on the on the air with us.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> we invite the guests to come in. Bree bringing the tea. Look like Bree in the kitchen right now, brewing up some more tea. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I am. I'm yeah, that's what's <laughs> up. Um, I want to thank, of course, Leon, brother Leon. Thank you for being another amazing uh, guest co-host. Big O, keeping you in the know. Yes, yes, yes. So, Oh,
2: i i like to i like to put this on record as well um because i i think um it was just uh part of this particular uh podcast that was very good i think we should bring it up again but as it pertains to uh disciplinary uh, sorry disciplining your children um because I, I honestly felt like that was um i mean i i can relate to it from my own personal reasons and i think that you know um it, it will be something if we come back to it definitely I think that other people
4: good topic Yeah, you know,
2: good topic.
1: Definitely. So, uh, mm-hmm. once again, you've been listening to Talk It Over. The only dating relationship podcast that begins in bed, I want to thank my co-producer, Anna Banana. Also, um, our other co-producer uh, and engineer, Bumpy. And uh, I'm going to add one more person because we're going to start doing um, a out an intro, and outro of the song, Talk It Over. I want to thank um, Lee Erwin Dean, and Sandy Lindstrom. the song on nice. your ups and downs be in bed slow motion Cheer. Yeah.
0: you've been listening to can we talk it over the only dating relationship podcast that begins in bed we hope you got what you needed Make sure you subscribe. Holla at you next week.